and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point, the Fortnite podcast where we talk about games and anime and all the other fun things we enjoy. I'm your host, John. With me as always, my co-host, Wombat. We've got some news for y'all. Do we? We do. Oh. This this podcast is completely changing. We're, We're just, we're completely turning it on its head. It is now... A Fortnite podcast. Oh, I thought we were a crafting podcast now. Oh. <laughs> we could do that. You know, we're going to talk about stitching and, and uh, like, polishing wood, the intricacies of, of polishing Ooh. a nice, a nice table uh, yeah, set. Yeah, a, a nice build. knob. Yeah. 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 I love, I love polishing knobs. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 this is, this is a Fortnite podcast and no, we're not talking about the game. Um, we are changing the format of the podcast to better our own lives. Um, and what that means for y'all is that you get less of us. <laughs> Which for some people would be, that's a blessing. I mean, really, like. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You don't have to listen to less John's of us. stupid voice anymore. Yeah, I don't think anyone was saying that, but, um. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> We're, we're now going to a bi-weekly or fortnightly podcast, because, hey, that's what the word Fortnite means. Um, hey, smart jokes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there will be a, a few other changes that we'll, we'll figure out as we go. Uh, both of us just like, have too busy of a schedule to uh, keep doing this weekly yeah. for the moment. Yeah. Like um, as things change, we'll reconsider. Yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. Because um, I liked doing this every week. Like it was yeah. a really nice thing to have to do every week. But and if we do bring it back uh, to weekly, uh, we might bring it back a little bit differently. Yeah, uh, it might. So it might be wild. We'll out see. Here. It might. Yeah, it's uh, the wild, keep wild an west. eye on this space. As the kids say. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't? No. Oh, what do they say for no. that now? I I don't know, but not that. That's that's old people talk. <laughs> that's old people talk. Yeah. No, no, it's it's the wild, wild west out here. Listen, uh, we were talking in my speech class the other day. Wiki, wiki, wild, wild west. About like, like. <laughs> terms that people don't know the meanings to and like fully half the class did not know what mid meant what yeah okay were they too old no it was mostly a young class most of those people in that room were younger than me did not know what mid meant okay well here's the thing like mid is mostly an anime thing so no it is not it is it is fully that's... like on TikTok and shit. Mid is everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was gonna give them a pass for not watching anime, but <laughs> no, it is not just an anime term. It is anything Anymore, that is just I like guess. all right. It's okay. You say that's mid. Yeah. Huh. 
It, it's definitely reached the zeitgeist by this point. But not, yeah. not in Central Texas, apparently. Central Texas, huh. not up to the zeitgeist. See, what? Wait, wait, what? Are you trying to tell me that Central Texas is backwards? And, uh... Hey, man. Out of touch with the world? I am right next door to the nation's largest military base. So there's lots of young people just hanging around. I mean, young dudes. Lots of young dudes just hanging around out there. They're out there. The kids are there. I mean, they're getting ready to die, <laughs> supposedly in service of their country. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they're 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 kids in uh, <laughs> emotional state and uh, physical development only. Yeah. And in, in terms of uh, the shit they going through. Yeah, it's they they grew up they grew up a while quick. ago. Anyways, Man, how's it going, Matt? <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm tired. Uh, what? I, I mean, I'm gonna let you know right now. We planned this out for Thursday, and then um, I dropped my class that takes place in the afternoon on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So yeah, and, and then. Immediately after I did that on Monday, uh, my college said that uh, we weren't going to have class on Tuesday because of the winter storm. And then on Tuesday, (laughs) they said we weren't going to have class on Wednesday. And then on Wednesday, (laughs) they said we weren't going to have class today. (laughs) Nice. So I've been out of school all week doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Catching up on homework and and anime and reading the fucking book. God, the fucking book. We'll get to the fucking book. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Until today, uh, here we are. Yeah. Okay. What 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 was the glowing point of that week? Was it when school was canceled? Three uh, days in a row? I mean, not really, because that just trapped me in the house. I actually like going to school, because it gets me out of the house. Um, okay. But my glowing week point was when I went, after class on Monday, I went to uh, change my degree program and discuss what I was going to do when I go to A&M, because uh, I, I can't, I'm not going to do computer science. I'm not as interested in it as I hoped I would be. <laughs> And I don't want to deal with the way the guy teaches the class. And there's just other things I'd rather be doing, you know? So yeah, I talked to the, the fucking academic advisor and I was like, uh, you know, I've already been accepted to A&M once. So I, I'm pretty sure that when I apply again in the future, I'll be accepted. Uh, and rather than computer science, I want to do, like, the social work or the political science degree programs over there. Okay. And he's, yeah. and he's like, okay, so then you want to be, we're going to take you off that computer science associates. That's stupid. You don't need to be there. Um, and we're going to put you on the interdisciplinary studies program. I'm like, cool. Okay. And he's like, and we're going to drop this intro to computer programming class. You have two days to do that. Just the counter is over there. So do it this afternoon. I'm like, okay, I did that. And I saw, and he's like, okay, and now you want to sign up for this sociology class because that's going to, 
that's going to carry over. And I'm like, all right. And then he said, now go apply for graduation, too, because you're going to graduate this semester. (laughs) 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 Fantastic. Life changed in a single uh, in a single like 45 minute conversation. Life completely changed. Good deal. For the better. And then I got three days off school. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. To re- reevaluate your life. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> What's your glowing weak point, John? Uh, oof. Man, I should have thought at all during that entire time. Right. I talked for a minute. You did. You did. And we, <laughs> we've we talked uh, pretty long about... Uh, all the stuff. It's it's like nine and a half minutes into this. And, and you still have nothing. Still have nothing. And um, we're starting late because like, I was taking care of a baby. You had all that time to think of a glowing weak point. I mean, there's 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 so many things I'm looking forward to. You don't want to look that, back uh, on things. Y- that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, this definitely <laughs> is a complete bullshit. <laughs> no, like I, I legitimately am looking forward to a bunch of things, but we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. Uh, have um, you been watching that Last of Us HBO show? Not even slightly. Damn. No, why? Why would I care? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? You know what I think about uh, the Last of Us, the game. Uh huh. It's pretty mid. <laughs> It's pretty mid, yo. The show dedicated the third episode entirely to a gay romance featuring Nick Offerman. Oh! Yeah. Well, that's so, pretty cool. It, it, it's worth watching, if only to get to the third episode. <laughs> uh. I, I'm I'm so ready for, for conservative media to be, like, so mad about it. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's just going to be stupid because uh, uh, the the game, like the whole second game, is a lesbian romance. Right. I mean, they don't like to talk yeah. about that. No, no, you you are correct. The, <laughs> the conservative media does not like to talk about anything like that. Yeah. Um, they mostly just got upset I, that Joel died. Okay. Uh, outside of some game stuff that I'll get to later, uh, I had a great time um, coming up with ideas for how the podcast could change, and I had a great time with my dad uh, oh. today, even. Uh, we we went and worked on the model house I've been building, the model of my house. Oh, yeah, that's um, been going on for a minute. Yeah, so uh, today we carved out a bathtub, and we we carved out a, a sink, and did a bunch of uh, kitchen stuff, and uh, I finished caulking in all the windows, and we started on the uh, trim for doors. So, that's pretty exciting. It must be nice uh, to like your house. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, so yeah, I had, had a good time with him. And then I rushed back here so that I would be here on time, and also so that I could play the game I was supposed to before the podcast. Wow. Speaking of... You put it off that's that right, long. It's, 
It's time for the games we've played. Okay. So last time uh, we did this, we assigned each other some games to play, and you were assigned Virgo versus the Zodiac. I was. Tell me about Virgo versus the Zodiac. Okay, so I, I put an hour and a half into this game. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's so it's an RPG. It's definitely yeah. an RPG. Um, I don't like the art style of like like traversing the the dungeon quote unquote dungeon areas. Um, I feel like the character models are a little too blobby. Um, they're not defined enough. <coughs> I, I don't like it. But when you enter okay. a battle, then it gets more detailed, and it looks really good. The issue is that these battles are not designed for somebody like me. <laughs> um, so you know the RPGs... What, what do you mean by that? So the, there are RPGs out there that are just turn-based, right? You click a button, your yeah. character does a thing, and you move on. The enemy attacks you, you attack them, they attack you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, this is similar to that, except it's also got like a Legend of Dragoon flair, where every time you attack, there's a, a, there's a, a circular bar... I don't know what you call that, but it, it, it like goes down and there's like levels to it and you're supposed to hit the fucking, you're supposed to hit the, the closest level to the thing to, to when it runs out without letting it run out. Yeah. And that'll let you do like, more like damage. A power gauge sort of. Yeah. And when the enemy attacks you, the same thing, except the closer you hit it to the thing without it running out, then the better you block. It drains so quickly. Like, I'm talking <laughs> half a second. It's it's so, so quick. And my reflexes are just not there. So I fail gotcha. a lot of battles. Now, luckily, when you fail a battle, it'll let you just try again from the start. So I, I think they're aware of how hard they, they designed their game. Um, it's intentional. It's definitely intentional. But so what, what you're telling me is that this is the Dark Souls of Mario and Luigi RPGs? Yes. Um, and as far as the story, I'm a little confused about what's happening. Because uh, it just kind of throws okay. you into it. Um, so you play as the Zodiac Virgo, right? The, the constellation okay. Virgo. And yeah. the game starts with her uh, infiltrating Capricorn's headquarters uh, with the intention to kill Capricorn. And the only explanation I'm given as to why is that she wants to bring back the golden age of rulers. And I don't know what the fuck that means. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then she's she's there to kill, kill Capricorn, right? Yeah, but, fucking goat. But uh Dena Balgetti is is a is a character. Dena Balgetti is like the brightest star in the the Capricorn constellation. Um Yeah. And she's a character. And you fight her at one point and you have the opportunity to uh kill her 
or let her go, like have mercy on her. And I chose to have mercy on her. But she shows up okay. dead anyway, killed by some pink lady in a mask. And then and then we get sucked into her supernova. Which for Ooh. them means like they wander in an empty expanse for a little while trying to escape. Uh, it's weird and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and it took me that full hour and a half to beat Capricorn. <laughs> and then I set it aside and I was like, I'll think about coming back to this. I have to do that. I have to do that at least 10 more times. I'm pretty sure. Maybe nine more times because Pisces is also like on Virgo's side. Like they're friends. I don't think we need to fight Pisces. But the other Zodiacs, like, I don't know. She, Virgo said she's going to fight Taurus next. And I'm like, eh? Eh? Huh. Uh, also, Capricorn's, uh, Capricorn's whole domain was just capitalism gone rampant. And they called it capitalism. <laughs> And and uh, all of all of the care all of her like minions were called salary goats, mad goats. <laughs> nice salary lambs because she had fucking children working in her <laughs> in her engine oh. room because they can fit into the tight spaces easier. Yeah, the children yearn for the mines. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's definitely a good game if it's your kind of game. I would say okay. if you're if you're good I, with that like quick reflex response, it's it's a really great game. I picked it for you because uh, one, I liked the uh, title. Uh, it's a really cool and title. It's, it's, I think I bought a, it entirely based on the title. <laughs> and then I I I looked it up just to make sure it wasn't just some some trash and uh-huh. uh i saw that it was based off of the mother and um i can see mario that. and luigi rpg series i've never played mario and, and luigi but i have played some earthbound and I, I i get the i get some of the inspiration from that yeah yeah it's it's definitely from what it sounds like uh the the battles are taking a lot of inspiration from the Mario and Luigi RPG. Although I like their system better, which is it's functionally the same as the Paper Mario series where or or even before that the Super Mario RPG where if you press the button at the right time, you'll attack again. Like if right. you're Mario and you land on the person's head, like you you jump and you hit them on the head right as you press the button, then they'll bounce off and hit again and you can keep that going for a little bit um so yeah it it definitely rewards skillful gameplay i just i felt like it was punishing unskillful gameplay a little more than i would have liked yeah okay well i i played legends of eidolon this week uh which is no surprise but you play uh, it every week i managed I, yeah, I play it every day. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> twice a day. Oh. Um, in fact, uh, I've, I've 
recently learned something that makes me want to play like a lot more. Um, but uh, I, I I hit some some. I, I broke some ground on some new things. I've been slowly chipping away at getting my journeyman uh, up to the next rank. So each class in the game, it's like you, you pick... You start as a beginner, and then the three main classes are mage, um, warrior, I think, and... Yeah, mage, warrior, and ranger. Um, and I, well, once you get them to that level, like you, you pick which class you're going to go to. So you, you pick those three and you get a bunch of skills for that. Mm-hmm. And then after a little bit of that, you pick another one. Oh. Um, so like rate, uh, warrior goes into either you become a squire or you become a barbarian. I feel like or a like squire mage. is a step backwards. <laughs> Yeah, well, Squire has some really cool things that they can, like, prestige into, uh, which I am looking forward to. Oh my god, can you prestige am... into a cavalryman? <laughs> no. Damn. <laughs> um, there, uh, let, me, let me see if I can... I was hoping this is going to at... be like Fire Emblem. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um... Let's see. Squire can turn into Divine Knight, which I think is now the strongest character, the like, strongest class in the game. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Uh, barbarians turn into Blood Berserkers. Um, Bowmans turn into Siege Breakers, uh, which, you know, Archer to Bowman. Uh, hunt, archer to hunter to beast master uh, and then mage to shaman to bubonic conqueror or conjurer not conqueror or mage to wizard to elemental sorcerer so really really cool but there's also a secret class that you can get to Ooh! if if you play a character as a beginner long enough and go through a truly arduous series of of tasks. Yeah, uh, you can uh, turn them into a journeyman, and the journeyman is seriously lacking in a lot of equipment. Um, but they they just like uh, all of the things. They get all of the things. It's like, like the onion knife. Just like yeah, it, it really is. Um, they're, they're, they're like, you know, fairly good at most skills, whereas all the others are like really focused onto a skill. Right. Like ma- mages specialize in, uh, uh, chopping wood. And then you, you turn them into a shaman That's and so they weird. specialize in alchemy. So you're you're both good at chopping wood and alchemy, but like you're the only one that's good at chopping, and you're the only one that's good at alchemy. Everyone else is like pretty bad at doing either of those things. Uh, journeyman is like slightly better than average at doing all skills, but then there's 
a upgrade for them. Okay. And it's to turn them into a maestro. And a maestro... That's a weird... <laughs> what are these fucking does, progressions? I, just, I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, uh, maestro is the strongest or the most skilled class. Like, they... Not only are they good at all skills, uh, they make other characters good at skills. Oh. And, I like, mean, that like, makes yeah, sense from like, the name Maestro. Like, yeah. And, uh, based off of how good they are at skills, they'll do extra damage. And, like... <laughs> It's really into this, like, you, you you are a skill bitch now. Um, a skill bitch. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, gosh, to, to get it, you have to grind up to, like, level 30 and every skill available in the game at this point. Oof. And, and you don't have the, like, you've got a thing that makes it so that it's easier for you to gain XP and skills, but... It's not quite as good as every other character's thing that makes it really good. <laughs> Easy to get XP in that skill. And, you know, like, you've got you've got one character, you know, you've got your mage who's been chopping wood since the start of the game, and they're at, like, level 40 or 50. Right. And it's like, yeah, you got to get to level 30. Um, but you have to do that in not just chopping. Like, it's, it, you've been playing this the whole time, and the mage is only at, like, 40 or 50 at this point. <laughs> but you have to get to that in chopping, and in mining, and in crafting, and in catching, and fishing, and trapping, and alchemy, and we're, like, it's everything. And I managed to do it. Oh. I, I just finished it, and Good job. Yeah. You feeling that, that sense of satisfaction? I am. And it's it's exciting. You're like... Trapped in the I, afterglow. Gotten, yeah. <laughs> um, but I also, in, in the midst of all this, I discovered the dungeon. Uh, there's... There's a dungeon? Yeah, there's, there's a dungeon in every world. And... I I, had, I fiddled around with it a bit when I first started the game, and I was like, eh, this sucks. Um, but I, I've figured it out now. I figured out that, like, it's, it's almost a completely separate game because you, you go into the dungeon area, and your health drops down to 10, and your mana drops down to 5, and your weapons do 1 damage each. And, and it's because it's like an instanced area where your outside of the dungeon stats don't matter. You have to level up your dungeon skill. And with that, you get like upgrades that you can, like you get points to spend on upgrading your abilities and upgrading your equipment and getting better drops in the dungeon. And... Uh, it's, it's pretty fun. It's, it's like a, a, a side of the game I hadn't really explored much. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun game. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the game I gave you? Sure. Uh, you know it's it's fresh on the mind. <laughs> uh huh. Did it right before fucking recording? No, I, I took a break from it. I I got further than I did the last time I played it. Okay. Um, so uh, you told me to play Velvet Assassin. It sounded which... like a cool game. Kind of, yeah. It's it's like female hitman. Okay. It is a little bit of how does it it's it's a World War Two game, and it's it, it's not like Hitman in that you get to open world go throughout and uh <laughs> do all the stuff there right but it it is like a sneak around and uh come up behind people and stab them and uh whistle to get people to you know walk around the corner so that you can get behind them and stab them and um and it's World War Two, and you're a British girl killing Nazis, so you know it's all that's good. always awesome. Yeah, it's it's always you know always I like a plus killing when you Nazis. Get to kill Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a fun little game. It's not deep. <laughs> no, there's there's yeah, like you you really you. The only way to kill someone is, like, you can put yourself in fight mode, and then you can slash at people, but that's not a good way to sneak around or anything, and you can't even, like, do a significant amount of damage with most things, unless unless it's, like, a, a shotgun. A shotgun will, will, will do quick work of uh, anyone, including yourself, because... Uh, right. Ooh, boy, do a lot of the SS carry shotguns, and you <laughs> they see you, and then they go bang, and then you're dead instantly. And then you're dead. Okay. Because because that's what shotguns do, is they kill you instantly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd walk away from a, a reasonably close <laughs> shotgun blast. No. <laughs> and, and we're not we're not talking buckshot here. Like <laughs> this is a war shotgun. Right. You are going to be dead. Um but it's fun. It it has the ability uh you can pick up morphine and uh because it's, you know, it's a Nazi thing. They were using a lot of it to uh make themselves feel good and uh stay Yeah, I mean, awake I think and, they uh, created yeah. it, didn't they? I don't know that... I'm pretty sure it existed before then. Or am I thinking of um, acidaminophen? Cocaine, I think, was... No, people were doing cocaine them. before World War II. Let's see. What drugs were all the Nazis on? <laughs> what a fucking Google search. <laughs> Mesh! Ah! It was meth! Methamphetamine! I knew they invented some sort of drug. Yeah, it was crystal meth. Um. Yeah. But no, there's like, there's like loads of morphine, uh, lying around, and when you give yourself morphine, 
it allows you to slow things down and then you can just rush in and kill someone like even for the front it doesn't matter it's whatever you just kill them okay yep. it's okay it's i mean it's it's an older game they're they're trying to tell a story with it and i'm sure the story was uh a, a b plus back when the game came out which was uh, but, when uh, let me see i've got the story 2009 oh yeah it was probably a b plus in 2009 okay all right, so we're looking at like a double A game. That's what we're looking at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's Replay Studios, which uh, hasn't made anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they made Tunnel Rats, which is a mostly negative game that came okay. out also in two thousand nine. Tunnel Rats. Yeah. All right, but you didn't hate this, is what you're saying? It's just no, like... no. I I mean. If if I didn't have other games to play, sure, I would I would play more of replace of of uh, Velvet Assassin. Okay. Yeah, thinking about it, I think uh, Walter White in Breaking Bad named himself after uh, the Nazi who created meth. Oh. Heisenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of kind of tells you a lot about him pretty early on, actually. <laughs> Looking back on it, yeah. Oh, Heisenberg was all about uh, physics, though. Was he? Yeah, I mean, he helped. He helped us with our uh, nuclear stuff, I believe. Oh, I thought that was. Um, or am I thinking of the rocket guy? I mean, dude, there was there was like. 90 of the Nazis helped us with our, our nukes and rockets and stuff. So. Oh, yeah, it is a theoretical physicist. Uh, he died in West Germany, so I'm going to guess he wasn't one of the ones that uh, came over and helped. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. I played some uh, RuneScape. So uh, what? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been I, I've been doing Slayer mostly. Slayer is a skill where you uh you, you go to a Slayer master and they tell you to go fight a specific monster. You go and fight that monster. You get experience. You level it up, and you can fight what are theoretically supposed to be more interesting and and worthwhile monsters. Um. But not actually. Not always. Uh, some of them that you have to level up for are pretty fucking stupid. It doesn't make any sense why you need a Slayer level to kill them, other than we needed stuff to shove into the skill. But yep. uh, I like I like doing Slayer just because it sends me to different areas of the game than I would normally go to. Um, and I've been... So there's one Slayer Master who completely ignores your combat level. She gives you the most Slayer points per uh, task of any of the Masters, and Slayer points you can use to, like, buy different kinds of tasks, buy upgrades, buy, uh, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But she sends you into the wilderness to do it. And I don't know if you know about the wilderness in RuneScape, 
but that's where the PKers oh, yeah. are. Yeah, did you die? Oh yeah, I've been killed a bunch. Um, I I usually hate the wilderness. I complain about the wilderness a lot. I think it's one of the ugliest areas of the game. I think there's fucking nothing there. And I was like, but you know what? I'm not really giving it a fair shake, am I? Because I never go there. Like, I should spend time there and actually get like a feel for it. Um, and I'm right. You don't. You don't. You don't have the build for it at all. Because don't. Don't you have to like have negative defense skill in order? Oh to no, do that's only there? if you're if you're really like into PKing and shit. Like people will keep their their accounts at like one defense or whatever. But you can go out there and just kill monsters and shit. There are there are not roving bands of PKers like there were maybe in like 2006, 2007. Like <laughs> you can go out there and not see another soul for hours. Like, legit. Okay. Um, and I, I I really like Wilderness Slayer. Uh, I always make money when I'm doing Wilderness Slayer. Which okay. is, it's really good. I like, I like when my bank number goes up instead of down. Um, yeah. I've gotten PK'd, like, twice while doing it. And one time, I feel like it doesn't count. Because I was inside of a hut. That you need a lockpick in order to enter. And this guy runs up and just fucking enters the shit and starts PKing me. I'm like, what the fuck? Why do you have a lockpick, dude? <laughs> Why is a PKer running around with a goddamn lockpick? So, to fuck I, with you. I don't think that one counts. Nobody could have seen that fucking coming. <laughs> but no, it, it's... It's not as bad of an area as I had thought previously, but I don't like spending okay. a lot of time there. I'll do like two or three tasks there, and then I'll I'll do normal Slayer for a while, like fight yeah. in other areas of the game, and then I'll be like, eh, let's spice it up a little. Let's let's go out into the wilderness. Let's see what Crystalia will give me. Um. Also, I've unlocked Boss Slayer, which means that uh. The Slayer Masters will give me boss tasks now. And okay. what's fun about those is if you you get to choose how many of the boss you want to fight. Between 3 and 35. So if it's one that you know you're really comfortable with, you can just slap 35 on there and go get shit tons of experience. Maybe some good drops and shit. And then move on, right? Yeah. And if it's one that you're not really familiar with, or one that you're not comfortable with, then you just put three on there, and you get it out of the way pretty quick, and you're testing out, the, like, something you haven't done before, and that's always fun. Okay. Um, and, and I'm just having a really good time, like, like, I'm way farther in RuneScape than I ever got as a child at this point, and <laughs> it's feeling really good. Uh, okay. I'm having a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, I just wish skilling was more useful. You know, like woodcutting and mining and shit. It, the way the game is set up these days, it's like... that They're dead content. Completely dead. There's no reason... Because, like, bosses will drop stacks of 150 noted magic logs. Ooh. Yeah. It's uh, like... 
I, I wish they wouldn't do that. I wish they would find some other way to reward people than all of these resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about this mobile game? Yeah! I, I mean, I'm going to assume you played it. I, I played a little of it. I was in the... Uh, I, I didn't buy the game. I was in the demo version, so I was only able to play, like, one mode, I think. Likewise, uh, I was not aware that this game was a primarily premium game. You can, you have one character of the mini that exists, although I feel like, well, okay, no, there was some other information of, of the others. Um, the, the other ones that, that you can have have slightly... Have have little buffs to them, of like hair that they're slightly better at this one thing than the normal pawn. Yeah. Um, and you only have access to the one mission, um, the the one, like the goblin caves. I think it was. Yeah, that's what I was doing, and I didn't beat it. I I attempted oh. it maybe like three times, and I didn't beat it. Um. Well, I, I I played it through and I beat it my first time and then I handed it to Kristen and, and she played it through and beat it. <laughs> and uh I, I did I, I get I, it. <laughs> so Pondbarian is a uh technically free but not actually mobile game where you you play on a chess board. But you are not playing you, chess. No, well, and it's not even a true chessboard because it's no. it's like eight, it's, it's like four by four, seven seven by seven. It's it's six odd number six? instead of or eight something. by eight. It's 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 not because it's yeah. there's it's definitely odd. Um, then I think it's like a five by five. No, it's bigger than a five by five. I can open. No, I can't. My I threw my phone on my bed. <laughs> Here, let me just. All right, it is a five by five. I just looked up the uh, the the store page for it. Yeah. Um. So you you play as a pawnbarian versus uh, various monsters on the map, and you every turn you draw two to three cards, depending on what's happened the time before, and you th- those cards are things like a pawn, or a knight, or a rook, or a queen, or a king, or, you know, typical um, chess pieces. And then you play those cards as your movement. So you would click the knight one, and then you can move a knight's movement away. And if you landed on an enemy, it would attack the enemy down that spot. Supposedly. Just like in chess. Um... And then once you defeat all the enemies uh, on the the field, and and the, you make your you get two actions unless you gain more, uh, so you you make two movements, and then it's the enemy's turn, and the all the enemies move, and they try and attack you. They go towards you, and uh, they each have different ranges and different attacks, so like. Some of them only, most of them only attack adjacent, but some of them attack only beyond adjacent. 
Like, they don't attack adjacent, but they attack the next square out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of them, like, don't really attack at all, but, like, if you kill them, they drop poison gas, or they don't attack at all, but every time they move, they drop poison gas. And, uh... uh I, th- I thought it was a, a pretty complex game in a good way. It's definitely I, complex. I, I, it's I I think I think there's a lot of strategy you have to take into account for the game. And 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 not just with like moving around and killing the things. You have to, you know, like chess, if you get to the backside of the um the arena with a pawn, the pawn turns into a queen. Uh and you get to use that. And and so, like, pawns are in some ways useless because they only move forwards one space and they don't attack directly in front of them. They still only attack to the diagonal in front of them. And so you can't move backwards to attack anyone. You can't attack anyone to the side. But then once you get to the back, they, they're really powerful. Um, and... Once you beat a floor, uh, you get to spend some of the money you earned from killing the the monsters on the last floor on upgrades for your cards. So you can add things like uh, splash damage to your cards, uh, where you know either a plus or an X uh, or you know both. You can you can stack them later on. Let's say you you move as a pawn one step ahead, and you've got a uh, plus splash damage. Just moving there splash damages the adjacent um, spots. So if there's an enemy there, they just die. Um, There's also shield ones, where if you use it, then it gives you a shield for that turn, which will take one hit of damage before it deals damage to your your starting for health or lightning bolt ones where when you use that piece, it doesn't take any energy or, I mean, it technically it takes an energy, but it gives one back, but whatever. Um, and then, but you can like, you can stack these on top of, uh, cards over and over again. So you can have cards that have all of the abilities and when those pop up, man, it's great. So, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good game. There was just too much for me to keep in my head at once. Um, the, all the different enemies do different things, and I didn't, I couldn't always tell which one was which. And then, like one that I thought I knew wor- how it worked would suddenly turn orange in a way that, like, I'd never seen it turn orange before. And it's like, oh well, this one works differently than that other one. And now it's invulnerable from far away, but this other one is invulnerable when I'm close to it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of the first things in the game is it's it says you can hold. Click yeah, and I was doing that. It's just it. like so, yeah, I don't like, want to do that for every time I make a move. I, I don't. Well, it I I didn't have to do it every time because after the first time I encountered each one, they, they do have a distinct um, look of them. So I was like, alright, that one's a brawler, which means I can't attack them right next to them. 
the ones that I thought were kind of sneaky were the ones where they were champions. Because it wasn't always the same creature that was considered a champion. And the way right. champion works was it was invincible until everything else is dead. Uh-huh. So... So you'd have um, one that's just orange on the fucking field, and you're like, why is this thing orange no matter what I do? Yeah. And and I really, I got really frustrated with the ones that move away the first time you attack. That's, that's just bullshit. <laughs> I have two moves. And there's like six enemies on the fucking field. And, and like, some of them have two moves. And then one of my moves, if I use it, it just doesn't count. It's horse shit. <laughs> well, I I got around that uh, immediately by you can't back the enemies can't back up if there's something in the way, whether they're on yeah, the edge I learned that or my they're last next to enemies. And also, splash damage is your friend here <laughs> because. Having, for instance, putting uh, the cross, uh, the the plus sign splash damage on a rook means that you attack with the rook by moving into the thing. The thing dodges back and then dies to splash damage. Or diagonal damage, uh, diagonal splash on a bishop. So again, you attack with it, they, they dodge, and then they die regardless. And with the splash, you're also killing or removing the um the dodge from other enemies because they only dodge for the first attack yeah so if you can if you can do a big splash early on then you just you just mop up with the rest i don't know uh i i thought this was a fantastic game uh that if it looked like it had a significant amount of further play I would probably spend the money for it, but it's, it looks like it's just this. It it looks like there's eighteen different dungeons, and and there's there's ten different levels of difficulty. Whatever, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but like, eh. It, it doesn't seem like it's worth the amount of money, unless you're really into chess. Which, I'm not. Yeah. But, it was a pretty good game. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not bad. It just never clicked for me. Okay. Game we... facts. Game oh. facts. Oh. Game facts about the Space Spartans and more. We had a we had finger clicking. Yeah, that's new. New new podcasts, new game facts on. Oh my god! I scrolled that down and I just see a fucking list of badass names. <laughs> <laughs> In the first fact, get ready for this, y'all. Space Spartans is a first-person space combat simulator designed by William C. Fisher, Stephen Roney, Mike Minkoff, and Brian P. Doherty at Mattel Electronics for the Intellivision. 
I mean, like, it just God kept damn. getting better. Like, it did. Mike Minkoff? Oh, that's, that's a cool P. name. Doherty. God. Yeah. What is that? Doherty is, is a fantastic name. <laughs> Stephen Roney? God. Uh huh. The, the and, uh, most I, I, boring I, one here is William C. Fisher, but that's still and, and awesome. His, <laughs> it's still awesome, but but he he kind of cheats a bit. He he goes for that that uh that old timey naming where you've you've got the initial. Like he he goes for he didn't do yeah. this. His parents named him. <laughs> well, no, no. Okay, here's like like sure. His his name's probably like William Chad Fisher. Whatever. No, it is one hundred percent William Charles Fisher. I'm I'm sure it is, but I'm calling him <laughs> William Chad Fisher just to 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 make it sound like his parents did not do him any favors. But but you can take that and you can you can. Just because his name is William Chad Fisher doesn't mean he has to throw that initial in there. William Fisher, not as cool a name. <laughs> it's it's not like and, and honestly, if you're gonna go for that, Bill Fisher sounds better than William Fisher. But the William C Fisher, right? Yeah, that's that's where you did, it. and that's his choice to be like, ah, oh, no, 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 I am not William Fisher. I am William C. Fisher. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, it's possible that there was like another William Fisher at the company, and so he there, had to go by William C. Fisher. I can I can guarantee for you now there was not another William Fisher at Mattel Electronics. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if we're gonna come after him, we have to come after Brian P. Doherty too, because that no, his no, no, middle no, name is no. Philip. His middle name is ninety five percent. That is Brian Philip Doherty. Yeah, but here's the here's the thing about that. Doherty is is still a fantastic last name. It is still so is Fisher though. Nah, Fisher's Fisher's good, but like Doherty. Doherty is better. But these yeah. are all awesome last names. Yeah, like and ni- neither of them can stand up to Mike Minkoff <laughs> or Stephen Roney. God, you know, he could have gone by Michael, but he knew. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. Mike he, he was like, Michael Minkoff? No. Mike Minkoff. Right. God. I'm changing my name one of these days. I have <laughs> to. I have to. I, what, what, nobody's going to ever read my name and be like, man, what a fucking awesome name. I mean, on, honestly, I think... Ronaldo Wombatson is pretty good. I right, don't know that but you that's need fake. Change it. <laughs> You're fake. Read the fact. In Space Spartans, you are the last stand before an alien invasion. No way. No way. You must destroy <laughs> incoming Xylon fighters to protect your star bases, while also going on the offensive to destroy the Xylon star bases. After destroying all Xylons and their bases, you can move your remaining star bases to different positions, and then must fight a new wave of Xylons and bases. Yeah. You like how I put that hard Z on there? Uh, the the, the Z was very hard there. Yeah. Xylons. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can use hyperdrive to fly to different sectors on a grid to fight enemies there or repair yourself and refuel at a friendly starbase. Use the impulse engine to fly around within a sector, track enemies with the tracking computer, shoot with the battle computer, and take more hits with your shields. Yeah. Um, so here's the catch with each of those five systems. As you take damage, or rather once your shields are taken down, each of those systems becomes more erratic, takes more energy, or simply stops working at all once destroyed. You can slowly repair while out and about, but you can't really use the system while it's being repaired, and it takes lots of your limited energy to repair systems. So basically, just don't let your shield go down. Yeah, don't don't get hit. You Just lose. Dodge. <laughs> I mean, this is a game where there there is no winning. It, no, you, you just you you keep playing until you die. Damn, that's yeah, that's bleak. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the Space Spartans. <laughs> We're talking Thermopylae here. Most of the developers never got space out of their system, going on to work at companies like Interplay Entertainment Corp, making Star Trek games, including John's favorite Star Trek game, Star Trek Starfleet Command. Yeah. Fantastic game. You about to nerd out on it for a minute? Uh, no, I, I I don't need to. Everyone out there already knows that it's the best Star Trek game. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's it's just it's so good. It's been nerded out on so much in the past that it's nobody needs to yeah. anymore. We, we we it's I mean it's it's just understood that it's it's the best. Okay. We are referring to the enemies featured in the game as Xylons, not because of any direct naming of the enemies either in game or in the manual but because Space Spartans is one of many spiritual successors and clones to the original Atari 8-bit game Star Raiders, which, while not the first first first-person space combat sim, was certainly the definitive one. Were they called Xylons and Star Raiders? Yes, they were called Xylons and Star Raiders. Uh, And uh, in case you're unfamiliar with uh, science fiction classics, uh, the Xylon ships uh, often... Well, there's two different types of them. Uh, the the Xylon patrol ships look like uh, Cylon battle cruisers from Battlestar Galactica, but the Xylon um, normal space fighters look like Tie fighters. Okay. Like like Vader's Tie yeah. fighter. I'm sorry, I, I was just age, thinking for a minute about how brackets. cool it is that Darth Vader just flies around in a regular-ass TIE fighter. Like, he's a he's a villain of the people. <laughs> uh, he's not. Built as an adaptation no. to the classic text-based game Star Trek, they built such a visually... Okay, I'm making sure I'm reading the right one. They built such a visually stunning first-person game on top of the complexity from the predecessor that not only was this the game that sold the Atari 8-bit to consumers, it was the inspiration for such games as Elite, Star Wars X-Wing, and Wing Commander, 
and even was inducted into the Library of Congress as one of the most important video games of all time. Yep. It was one of the first ten to be included. We're talking about Space Spartans or Star Raiders? Star Raiders. Okay. The only one of these games I've ever heard of before is Wing Commander. You Okay, you're not familiar with Elite Dangerous? No. How are you not familiar with Elite Dangerous? I've never heard of it. (laughs) Okay. That's how. (laughs) Huh. Aside from the clones and spiritual successors like Star Master, Star Voyager, Star Luster, Solaris. Do you know what soul means? Yeah. Yeah, I do. It means star. Specifically ours. Yeah, specifically ours. And, of course, the above Space Spartans. There have actually been two official versions. In 2011, Incinerator Studios developed a reimagining of the game for Xbox 360, PS3, and Windows. But before that, there was... Star Star Raiders Raiders 2! <laughs> Seems like the obvious sequel, but while it shared all the branding and story, it was not actually ever intended to be a Star Raiders game. It was initially a licensed tie-in for the movie The Last Starfighter that was functionally the arcade game from the film, but they dropped the licensing and changed a few details to still release it. How, how do you feel about The Last Starfighter? Did you like it? Um, I mean, you're going to be disappointed in me again, but... You've not seen it? No. (laughs) What? In fact, I did not know there was a movie called The Last Starfighter. The Last Starfighter is a classic. How have you not seen it? Dude, like, like, there's so much stuff out there in the world, I can't see everything. (laughs) It, It is, uh... Alongside Tron, it has the distinction of being one of cinema's earliest films to use CGI. See, I have seen Tron. Ah. If we were well, talking about actually, Tron, you, I would... You, you, I you, would got, you got me beat there because I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen both Tron movies, even though the second one is not good. <laughs> Uh, Except for Jeff Bridges, but that's just because he's Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Back to Space Spartans, which holds the shared distinction of being the first game to have voiced speech in it. There are technically three games that can claim that, so we'll go over each one from earliest to latest and their particular claims to that effect. So, released in 1981, Castle Wolfenstein was developed by Silas Warner, and he recorded his voice saying the German words Achtung, Schweinhund, and played them back in-game for guards' sound effects. But they really aren't understandable in the slightest. They all end up sounding like death screams due to the quality of the recordings and limitations on size. Achtung! Schweinhund! Right. The fucking tiny-ass microphones they used to use. Yeah, and, and, like, he recorded them on, like, Apple Voice. But I'm not talking, like, you you pull out your iPhone and do Apple Voice. I mean, like, the Apple One. Not Apple Two. The Apple One. (laughs) You know, I was watching, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou recently. And, you know, there's that whole subplot where 
they record a version of um, Man of Constant Sorrow. And yeah. I couldn't help I couldn't help but notice that every time they play back their version of Man of Constant Sorrow, it sounds better than anything in the fucking 1930s would have sounded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds so much better than any Depression era recording. Uh-huh. Yeah. Released in 1982, Space Spartans was the first game to make use of the IntelliVoice software that synthesizes voice. Throughout the game, the ship's computer relays information on your ship's systems, enemy locations, and base statuses to you via voice. And this one is understandable? Yes, yeah. No, this this one is like, shields at one-third health. That's you have cool. taken a hit. The... Battle computer is now down to two thirds health. So we don't Shields have voice are down. acting, but we have a we have a computerized voice speaking yeah. at you. It, it is it is understandable English words that mean something. <laughs> it is dialogue technically, but it is not voice <laughs> acting. Yeah, it is not somebody's voice, but it is a voice in a game. Yeah. That is understandable. Uh, released, quote-unquote, in 1982, Sinistar uses the digitized voice of radio personality John DeRamus. God. Fucking no, other great name. <laughs> of course. Why? How do you think he became a radio personality? You don't His have name's to John have a, Deramus. You don't have to have a great name for radio. You just have to have a great voice. Yeah, a great voice that can say your own name awesomely. That's true. A lot of a lot of radio personalities have awesome names, even the ones I hate. Like, yeah, it's really it's really upsetting that Rush Limbaugh was as much of a piece yeah. of shit as he was. Yeah. Because that's Cause such a good name. I mean, Rush. 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 And then Limbaugh? Limbaugh. Yeah. Now, 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 here's here's what I don't understand. Because, like, John DeRamus, great name. Uh-huh. Rush Limbaugh, great name, terrible person. But, like, how do you get to be big in radio with a boring-ass name as Alex Jones? Well... You have to understand that's not his full name. Do, oh, do you oh, know his oh, full name? Please tell me. Please tell me it's awesome. Alexander Emmerich Jones. Ooh, Emmerich. Right. Emmerich. Okay, that's, yeah. That's how he got there. So, so he's <laughs> he's he's got he's got a small dick name on the radio, but he's coming in there with big dick name energy. Also, it's worth noting that his dad owned a dental practice um, and yeah. fully funded all of his early, uh, le- like, local access work. Yeah. Radio work. I, I, like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, he's a nepotism baby, even if he wants to pretend that he isn't. So. Uh-huh. That's how he got there with a, a kind of lackluster name like Alex Jones. If you have money, you can get there. John DeRamus probably had to pull himself up by his bootstraps. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And and his awesome fucking name. And his awesome name. 
Anyway, Sinistar uses used his digitized voice for various voice lines by the eponymous villain, and its stereo recordings are clear and recognizable. So you get to decide what counts as first. The literal first that is unrecognizable, but it is voice acting. The, it is technically. Yeah. The voice synthesizer, because nobody's speaking into that, but it is audible words. Or the first recognizable voice acting. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's kind of a toss-up. Because, like, it really is, like, the first you, you can't tell. And it's such a shitty game to begin with. Like, I don't understand how they turned that into uh, the, the good games today. Because cause it really is dog shit. Yeah. Like, like it came out... The year before Space Spartans, which is, uh, like, superior in literally every way. I'll be honest, like, I, didn't like know, just, I didn't know Wolfenstein wasn't the first Wolfenstein game. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it, it, it was not 3D. It's, uh, uh, while, while I'm talking about it, look it up. Look up Castle Wolfenstein. Okay. It's dog shit. Um... But then, like, Space Spartans definitely is the first time a voice can be heard and understood. It's not a human voice, but it's definitely the first time you can you can really understand a voice. And then Sinistar, I mean, it's it's its audio is great. It's like, I am Sinistar. I am hungry. Run, run. I am coming for you. Like, like that's fantastic. You can easily hear it. It's definitely a person saying it. It's 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 like voice acted. It's not just you know a voice that they've put stuff on. No, he he definitely acted it out. The problem is it it came out in 1983. Oh wow, the thing uh, looks like <laughs> shit. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> um, Sinistar has in its in-game credits that it came out in 1982 copyright 1982 but every source i was able to find said it was actually came out in february of 1983 okay so so it is the latest in the line of them but it is the definite first voice acted like a voice actor in a game that is recognizable yeah what do you think counts as first? Um, if we're gonna if we're going just off of voice, I don't think Castle Wolfenstein counts. Um, if okay, yeah, if it just comes out as like garble across the thing, that's not you're not transmitting relevant information. So I don't think that counts. Uh, especially since it's it's just things that the Nazis say, but it's it's not like I mean if I if. If you were, if you were communicating it, 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 to me that they were saying Schweinhund, right, <coughs> then I would count it. Even if it's just the one word, I would count it, you know? But if it yeah. just comes across as like a scream, then I don't think it counts. <coughs> it, it really does just come through garbled as hell. Um. um so what, what do you count one, then, I like, like think... Mario? What? Like, uh, hey, hi, 
Hi! Woo! Hey! <laughs> like just random. Yeah, I mean that's vocalizations. Okay, because because that's that's how they use the German words in Castle Wolfenstein. If you manage to like really listen and and hear, you know, pick out something. Because I was able to pick out Achtung. Um, right, but if it, but it, when you're playing the game, you're not like really listening that closely to what's happening. So I don't think yeah. that somebody actively playing the game would have picked up that they were saying actual words based yeah. on the description you're giving me. And so I don't no. think it counts. Okay. And I'm going to say Space Spartans also does not count as far as first voice acting because it's not a person. Well, okay. The, it's, it's just the first game to have voiced speech in it. Then it does count. If we're just okay. going off voiced speech, space space Spartans counts. But if we're going okay. off of voice acting, then it's Sinistar. I mean, absolutely, I agree. Voice acting is at, without a doubt Sinistar. Yeah, like there, there's there's no question there. Castle Wolfenstein was just Silas Warner recording random things and and then putting him in his game. Um, uh, space Spartans is a synthesizer. Sinistar is defi- definitively the first voice acting in games. Yeah, I-, I think no matter what bar we use, Castle Wolfenstein doesn't clear it. <laughs> yeah. Just because he used such <laughs> shitty Playable technology as a game? To, yeah. to record it. <laughs> yeah. And that was just the facts. Oh, which means now we have to get into this. Yep. This week we read uh, Sword Art Online. Uh, book three. Let me take a drink of water real quick. There's there's only one more before we can be done with the shitty versions of Sword Art Online. Oh, you don't want to go back to this? Uh, <laughs> Are you no. feeling done well, with we'll, Sword Art Online? The original? We'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. But yes. <laughs> the, the, these aren't uh, These aren't what you were hoping for? Uh, okay, that that's a different question. They're exactly <laughs> what I was hoping for. <laughs> but they're not good. But, but they're not good. <laughs> I'm glad I own them, uh, but uh, not for me to reread them on a regular occasion. <laughs> okay, let me hop into this. I don't know what this series is. Or what this book is. This third Sword Art Online novel is a confusing mess. Let's get into it. We start with our first introduction to Suguha, where Kawahara retcons what he said in the second book about her being the adopted sibling, and cements that Kirito's parents died in a tragic accident when he was a baby and was adopted by his aunt and uncle. He learned this when he was ten, but Suguha only learned it after he was trapped in SAO. Rejoining Kirito, we see him go to visit Asuna, who is still in a coma, even after most everyone was released from the game. 300 other people have also yet to wake up, but we don't care about them. We uh, we meet Asuna's dad and one of his employees, Sugo, who presents himself as a mild-mannered nice guy while the dad is around. But the moment the man is out the door, Sugo starts to taunt Kirito about his impending forced marriage to Asuna. Uh, it's actually Asuna's dad adopting him as a son, which I guess is the same thing in Japan. 
I don't get how this works. Is this like when Ted Nugent adopted a 17-year-old girl so he could fuck her? Yes, it, it is. <laughs> it is, and also, I I also don't understand how this works. But, I'm not exactly familiar with Japanese law. But it feels <clears throat> like if the dad is adopting him as a son, then now they can't get married because they're legally siblings. Well, but, right? but step-siblings That's, are that a would weird be thing incestuous. in Japan, too. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I don't understand either. <laughs> I, I think this is a culture difference that we don't understand and don't want to because it's a bad idea to begin with. It's a hundred percent a Ted Nugent situation. Like, like, like uh, you know, Japan does a lot of really cool, good things. Um, their their weird sex and uh, marriage practices are not one of them. Yeah. Although that that might be on the docket for things to look at after uh, Abe got assassinated, they've been working through the lists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very rarely do you see a political assassination where afterwards everybody is like, "Holy shit, that guy was right to assassinate him." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we do what in this country? Holy shit! We gotta yeah. fix that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy fucking killed Abe and changed the country. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kirito is resolved to help Asuna, and coincidentally that same day, Agil messages him with a grainy picture of Asuna. Kirito goes to Agil's cafe for what will become a staple of SAO going forward. Boring conversations that don't advance the plot held around cups of coffee. To be fair, this one does advance the plot, if only because Kirito learns about Alfheim online and gets a copy from Agil. But uh, that's like the last time one of these conversations actually does anything for the plot. It's yeah. it, going forward. It's mostly just a way Kawahara kills time. <laughs> oh, at the same time, because Kawahara is suddenly aware he can write from multiple characters' perspectives after the last book, we get a lot of insight into Suguha's head. This mostly involves her rationalizing how it's okay to want to fuck her brother because he's actually her cousin. Barf. I guess there's a part here where the two have a kendo match, too, but whatever. Yeah, Kirito whatever. hops... Yeah, what, I didn't care. I didn't care. <laughs> he does his fucking nerd shit and, and gets his ass beat by her. Like, whatever. Kirito hops into ALO and, after a brief scene where he revives Yui, immediately helps to save a sylph named Leafa from a group of salamanders who were attacking her. See, you might think this book is about rescuing Asuna from creepoid Sugo at this point, but you're wrong and a fucking idiot for thinking that. <laughs> this is actually the plot of the book. Oh yeah, and Leafa is Sugoha. They kind of sit on it for a minute, but give up the game real quick, only keeping it a secret between the characters, not us. Do they, I don't, do you really think they sit on it at all? I think, I think they played coy for this little section right here, and then, like, Leafo logs out and we're immediately in, um, Sugaha's perspective, and it's like, oh, okay, she's Sugaha. 
Okay. Yeah, that that's what I felt like he was trying to do. I, I, I have to be clear. That's what I think Kawahara was attempting. He did not pull okay. it off, but I think that's yeah. what he was attempting. Because, <laughs> like, I knew it right away, and not just because I've seen the anime right. three or four times now. No, it's pretty uh, clear pretty quickly that it is her, but I don't yeah. think he wanted it to be. Okay. Okay. Uh, brief rundown of what's bad or confusing about All Fime Online. First of all, I have played a PvP-focused game in the past called Fantasy Earth Zero for a full year, where you choose your faction at the start and battle each other for pieces of territory. It was never a popular game and closed after a single year in North America and only continued for, like, two or three years later in, like, Hong Kong and other places. <coughs> As there, such... There is, there is a game that I played that was a PvP-focused game, and I can't remember it, so I will be looking it up <laughs> while you do that. Yeah, as such, like, from my experience... I have a very hard time believing that Alfheim Online, an intensely PvP-focused game without even levels, is the best-selling MMO in the books universe. That is... It's such a niche market, what they're, what they're selling. Like, there's yeah. no way that it's the best-selling MMO. It isn't. Uh, the race aspect, while interesting, is severely weighted towards races like Sylphs and Salamanders, which have better flight and combat skills respectively, the two core focuses of the game, and weighted against more specialized races like Spriggans, Undines, and Kate Siths, which might see more love in a PVM or exploration-focused RPG, but are essentially noob traps here. And there's no way to switch. Like, like, once you choose your race, you're trapped into it, and they suck. They're, they're no good with PvP. Like, the only reason Kirito is any good is because he's carrying over his fucking SAO skills. Also, the fact that Asuna's dad's company, RCT, allowed this game to be built off copies of the SAO servers, while thousands of people were still trapped within SAO is absolutely batshit insane. Yeah. Like, like yeah, it is. They should be fucking tried in the court of law for that shit. Like, uh, yeah. They put people at risk doing that because they were never able like the people on the outside were never able to rescue people from inside the game, which means nope. they never figured out what exactly was keeping people there. You know? Yep. So it could have been something server-side. So copying the shit from the servers and using it for a different game is negligent at best. Yep. Yep. <laughs> also, I, I didn't mention it here, but there was a part where they said that the, uh, television console games have become a minority of the market while SAO was happening. What the fuck are you talking about? SAO <laughs> would kill the VR MMO market. Like, in reality, an, an, an SAO situation would kill the VR MMO market for two decades. Like, yeah. 
it, it would yeah. it it would make the term toxic. It would make the technology toxic until somebody could create something that you could be absolutely a thousand percent sure would not cause that situation again. Nobody would put another fucking headset on their head. Not within not while the fucking situation is happening, definitely. Yeah. Like like just insane shit Kawahara's coming up with. No real world works this way. No. Uh, by the way, I looked it up. It was Planet Side Two, and I've played uh, some Planet Side. Yeah, yeah, I had good times it, in Planet Side Two. Yeah, which is you know still a relatively popular game. Yeah, like, people still well play reviewed. it, but it so, is not WoW level. It is no. not Final Fantasy fourteen level. Like no, PvP games just have a higher level of like. Or a higher threshold of accessibility. That's the word I'm looking for. Like most people cannot hop into a game like Planet Side Two and find something fun to do. Most people no. log in and get killed immediately and get disheartened and leave. Yep. Anyway, Leafa agrees to take Kirito to the World Tree at the center of the map, and they head for the self sylph city of Swilvane. I hate that name. Me too. It's a crappy <laughs> name. That that it's it's no John Doramus. No. Absolutely not. They log out for the night after agreeing on a plan of action and go do normal daytime stuff, including Sugaha interacting with her friend in real life and in game, and totally not boyfriend because she needs to fuck her brother. Shinichi slash reckon. He pronounces it like reckon for some reason. Despite that making zero sense and being a shit name. Like, yeah. It should, should be Recon. Recon yeah. is a good name. But they specifically say, even though his name is based on the English word reconnaissance, that he pronounces it Reckon. And that's stupid. That's dumb as fuck. Now, <laughs> I, I, I will give a slight pass in that a lot of uh, a common pronunciation and valid one is reconnaissance. reconnaissance. Yeah. So it, it could be from that. But when but people shorten the it, the short version of recon. reconnaissance is recon. Yeah. <laughs> because of that other pesky word, reckon, which doesn't sound good. Yeah. I mean, I, I reckon he just has never heard that one. <laughs> He was actually introduced a while ago, but fuck talking about him. He's not important and only does one thing of any relevance for the entire book. Yep. <laughs> Who cares? We're back in the game and they head to a big tower that's used as a launching point for long distance travel. We meet Sigurd for the first and only time before he's revealed to be the actual big bad of this entire book. Because Kawahara could care less about you knowing a damn thing about any of his villains. Yep. He and Leafa have a fight about her leaving the party, and none of it means anything because his plans would be exactly the same whether she was in Swilvane or not. Like, legit, that nothing changes whether Leafa leaves or not. Yep. <laughs> I don't understand the big fight he had. Nope. Doesn't make sense. Uh, somewhere around here, I'm not really. Uh, 
I, I wasn't writing this recap as I read like I sometimes do, so I'm not sure exactly when this landed. But somewhere around here, we get an interlude with Asuna for the first time, while Sugo is being a rapey creep. He explains his plans to her in Bond villain style, and they amount to kidnap SAO players, uh, brain experiments, marry Asuna, inherit RCT, sell brain experiments to America, profit? It's not a very coherent plan, is what I'm saying. I my my thought is is I I don't think he in, cares about inheriting wrecked. Which, by the way, that's the pronunciation for RCT is. Oh, that's how they somehow. say it. <laughs> yeah, I would never wrecked. say that because I thought nope. it was a stand-in for RCA. I thought they were yeah, implying nope. that he's the CEO of RCA. Nope it's it's wrecked RCT. Uh, I, I don't think he cares about inheriting wrecked. I think he just intends to sell the brain experience to experiments to America. Like he doesn't have to inherit wrecked to sell the illegal brain experiments he's doing secretly on the side that wrecked has no knowledge of. But see, that's where the, that's where the plan gets confusing because marrying Asuna is part of the plan. And the reason well, yeah. to marry Asuna is to inherit wrecked. I don't, I don't think so. I, I think the reason to marry Asuna is because Sugo is a rapey creep. They, they it, 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 it talks about how they grew up with each other or like not, not, not like they did not grow up with each other because he is 10 years. He's, her cause, senior. Cause he's a, yeah, well, I mean, he, he's her brother's, uh, friend from down the street, like <laughs> except the brother hates him too. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's what her parents intended to be her brother's friend because her <laughs> parents are friends with his dad, right? And they 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 grew up, you know, like just hanging out together, but. They had to bring the shitty Sugo around because, you know, of course, like, you're not going to leave him at home and, like, here, maybe they'll be friends this time, but he's a little shithead and he steals some of your Legos and you have to go and tell uh, your sister and her sister's friend that they stole some of your Legos and uh, he lies and then they manage to pry open his hands and they find some of the Legos that he stole from you and then he's not invited back again, finally. Except so anyways, that part where they tried to open his hands never happened. Yeah. Anyways, enough about my lifetime and my <laughs> shitty friends I had to get rid of. Uh, uh, let's move on. Hold on. But, see, I just don't... Asuna does not like him. And he does not no. actually like Asuna. The only okay, reason he, to marry he, Asuna he does not... is to inherit Wrecked. That's wrong, the only wrong. reason. Incorrect. Incorrect. You've you've gone this premise wrong. He does not like Asuna's brain. <laughs> he likes the things around the brain. He likes that she's a hot seventeen-year-old. He he wants he's Ted Nugent. He, he wants to be <laughs> Ted Nugent and fuck the seventeen-year-old girl. And but she doesn't get to do have a that. say about it. Yeah. He can't do that unless he marries her. Or he could just do it in-game, but... 
I... Something, something... Bullshit? Yeah. I want yeah, I... you to willingly do it, except the way I'm going to get you to willingly have sex with me is to brain experiment until I can manipulate you into losing your entire personality and memories up to this point, and then maybe, maybe you'll want to fuck me. Maybe it's like the journey is, is part of the... the... <laughs> the joy there like like sure he could do that but he also knows that he could do that so he's like i'll put that in my back pocket meanwhile i'm gonna see if i can uh break her mentally so that i can fuck her the 17 year old that i knew growing up and and have trapped within this game and have trapped within this i there's a lot of steps going on for what I feel like is not much fucking reward at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boring shit happens, and then Leafa and Kirito get attacked by a group of salamanders in a cave leading to an underground town. Leafa does no fighting, as she hasn't since her introductory scene, despite all we're told about her amazing fighting prowess. And Kirito turns into a Balrog and fucks up the salamanders. They go to the town and Leafa logs out to investigate a cryptic message sent to her by Reckon before he logged out. <laughs> and he tells her over the phone that the salamanders are going to attack the alliance treaty signing between the Sylphs and the Kate Siths, a thing we only learn to care about now. Oh, and he knows this because he was tailing Sigurd, who was a traitor. Surprise. Shock. Horror. So, we did know that there was a potential alliance happening. Yeah. Because they drop it a single time, maybe 30, no, 30 is generous, 20 pages before here of like, oh yeah, the Sylphs and the Kate Siths are, are usually pretty chummy. The, the, the fact that they'll be in an alliance soon is, is almost inevitable. Yeah, it's like and, background and, and it's, information. It it, it 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 tells that, and then it moves on. It's, it's like, hey, there's there's this thing. I have told you, I get a pass now, right, editor? Right, right. <laughs> that's all I had to do. <laughs> See, the, here's the thing: is Kawahara is incapable of just world building, right? He he Correct. cannot he cannot drop information that is just used to flesh out the world. Everything he says, whether he only says it for a single line in the middle of a conversation about something entirely different, that thing has to then be relevant. Yep. It's like, it's taking Chekhov's gun to its logical fucking extreme. Yep. And like, he's writing in a genre where you don't need to do that, and honestly should not. Yeah. But, like, he should have those, like, offhand things, like, oh, the Sylphs and the Kate Sits are gonna, are, are maybe signing an alliance treaty soon. Like, that's a fun little bit of information that we do not need to interact with at all in order for the main story to progress, which is supposed to be getting to the saving world Asana. tree and saving Asuna. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> 
Completely giving up on any pretense about this book being about saving Asuna, Lifa and Kirito rush off to stop the attack, and Kirito has a lengthy duel between the best player in the game we were only just introduced to, General Eugene, and our big boy trounces him because he's the strongest specialist VR MMO player to ever have breathed. Kirito adds two more random women we'll never care about to his harem, and hands them all his hacked money to fund their assault on the world tree so he can take part. Oh, and somewhere in all that was another interlude with Asuna, where she steals the password to her cage from Sugo, and then the end of the book is her using that to escape. I'm sure that will definitely work out, and 100% is not just a hope spot that will be overturned come the start of the next book. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, well written. Um, <laughs> uh, I think my recap, recap. was well, well, well written. I don't think the yeah. book was well written. <laughs> no. I, I, okay. So here, let me, let me, let me give the, the like, the few things I liked about this. Uh-huh. Uh I it it does do a whole lot more of like putting insight from from Sugaha. We we get a lot more from Sugaha's perspective which you get some from the anime but it's it's really the anime is way more Kirito focused. Yes, I did not realize I... there would be this much perspective from Sugaha. In the book? Me either. Now, that being said, most of it is just her going back and forth about whether she should fuck her brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I agree, and it's bad, but... Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I did like the, the more information we got yes. that isn't in the anime. Um, there, there's a lot of talk... Uh, at his bedside while he's still in SAO uh, between her mother and her or her yeah, just the opening talking of the book. to him. Yeah. Uh, there's another segment like halfway through where she, she like remembers back to that time and does more of that. Um, so I, I like the more in detailed information we get a lot about uh, her and um, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> The, there's the the rest of the book is just the anime. Yeah, like, and the, there's 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 no novelization differences. It's just it's the, the anime. anime. And Fairy Dance is the worst arc in Sword Art. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> which like you know, the, last time we did this, you know, a month ago, uh, we were we were talking about you know, the, the second book and, and you had a lot of shit to say about it. And, uh, -huh. uh you went really fucking hard. Uh, I did too, too fucking hard. In fact, uh, which I did even considering how bad this book was, <laughs> I should have saved all that salt for this. Um, and, and honestly, like I, th that was a, a really good book. Both. It was not I really enjoyed good. it as it was. And <laughs> also, Comparative to this. Yeah. Comparative. And I, and it was I a knew, really good book. I knew it was going to be the better <laughs> of the three we were reading. Uh, what I didn't expect 
because my my understanding of the SAO novels in general is that he does like one that's the story and then he does filler shit. Um and, and that's what we did the ages ago we did the first book, which was the story of the first arc. The for, the story of Einkrad. And then the second book, which we did earlier this last month, was uh, this this the filler fluff from Einkrad. What I didn't expect was for this to take so fucking long with such uninteresting bullshit, and then not finish the story. Right. And and what I'm extra confused about is that like thinking back on the the anime for this. There, there isn't really filler shit. Uh, I mean, you could say that this... No, the story the, is filler. The, 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 the story, yeah. <laughs> like, like, the going and uh, fighting General Eugene, that, that could have been story fluff. Like, the climax of the book is filler. Yeah. It's, it's um, bad. It's a bad book. It is. It's <laughs> it's a bad book for a bad series. Like like, and like I, this, hold this on. is a terrible arc. I don't understand your your understanding of Sword Art Online as a series. Because my understanding is that Einkrad is one book and then one book of fucking nonsense. And then Fairy Dance is just like two books of nonsense. And yeah. And then, like, we hit Gun Gale Online, and that's just a little bit of nonsense. And then, uh, like, I don't know what happens between then and then, but fucking Al- Alicization goes on for, like, 16 books. Yeah, well, yeah, no, no. I mean, <laughs> obviously, once you get to Alicization, it's, it's, it's a whole different story. Because, yeah, Alicization is when he was like, Oh, that's how I'm supposed to write. Right, that's how um, that's how light <laughs> novels are supposed to work. I'm supposed to tell the same story across lots of books. Oh, oh shit! Sorry, <laughs> editor. When you kept handing me the, all these other books, I, I was like trying to understand why you were giving me these way too long stories. I mean, you, this all could have been finished in one thing, like infinite dendrogram. Like, what, 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 what really happens is uh, he shows up in the world, and then all of the women flock to him, and then he uh, wins the game. Uh, like, isn't that how it goes? <laughs> what, what, do, what do you mean? I didn't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, Infinite Dendrogram is like the the guy enters the the fucking game and it covers like his first 3 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and 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 that is the first 12 books. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the first 3 real world days is like longer than Sword Art Online in terms of numbers of pages. <laughs> right. Let's let's get into the the shit you wanted to talk about. Okay, my the screenshots. Pictures. Yeah. All right. This first one is just fun. I'm really I'm really driving home this point. <laughs> I'm just gonna read this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sugaha still wasn't sure what had changed when he went from brother to cousin. Talking about Kirito, but she did know one thing. 
something she'd never considered before, but which now perpetually twinkled inside of her secretly. Nothing twinkles inside of people, by the way. <laughs> it was the it fact was a that, secret. <laughs> it was the fact that maybe, just maybe, she was allowed to fall in love with her brother. <laughs> God damn it, Kara! God damn it! I hate you. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a diehard Sao fan. Uh-huh. And, and and you know, I was saving this till the end of the the podcast, but I mean, just just to point out, we're recording this on Thursday the second. In two days from now, on the 4th, I will be in a theater watching an, a Sword Art Online movie that I have paid for. Uh-huh. <laughs> I and- love Sword Art Online. Fairy Dance is the worst of Sword Art Online. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it is. Like, from Sugaha to fucking Sugo. Sugo. Like, like, it's it's the worst that Kawahara has to offer us. Yeah. S names: Silica, Suguha, Sugo. Um, the second screenshot I have is what we already talked about. Like, I, I think it's bullshit. The uh, well, the, the atmosphere. Yeah. While 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 SAO while is still we happening. On the other side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, it's still insane. My third one is just more weird <coughs> Suguha shit. We don't need to go over it. Just no. Am I really allowed to fall in love with him? It's more fucking weird Suguha shit. Um. Oh, the third one was, or, or this this one is fucking the nonsense with the races. Kirito just fucking he just picks up Spriggan because they wear all black. He's he's yeah. so stupid. <coughs> yeah. Um oh, this one this one was real gross. This one is from Kirito's perspective. Uh Yui has asked to like like uh lay in the bed with him. Um and uh, an embarrassed smile floated onto my face. I was nothing but Yui's papa. And she was simply an AI seeking a greater range of data from her surroundings. But she also took the form of a very cute girl, and her words were enough to make me feel self-conscious. Yui is, like, nine. Yeah. Like, this is gross to think like this, Kirito. It's gross. Like, you can lay in a bed with a nine-year-old girl and not make it weird. You know? Yep. Yep. You can do that. Uh, I don't know why I picked this one. Okay. Oh, this one I picked for this this stupid line. I don't know if this is Kalahara's writing or if this is the translator, the localizer, or whatever. But uh, Sugaha has like a a a senpai. In the, in the kendo club. Or, oh, an advisor. That's what it is. She has an advisor in the kendo club. And he's like, your blade has picked up an, 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 ex- an eccentricity to it. 
And then in the in the passage, we have the line, Secretly, Suguha shrugged it off and agreed with him. Yeah. That doesn't yeah, make sense. Did you shrug it off or did you agree with him? D- those are conflicting yeah, su- statements. Suguha shrugged it off, but secretly agreed with him. Right. That yeah, would be the way to say that's, it. That's a that's a translation issue. Maybe. Maybe. Uh what's this next one? Oh, oh John. They disturbed a few more packs of orcs, but Kirito never stopped running. Naturally, this car is, this caused a large horde of monsters to gather in hot pursuit. Oh yeah, this one! <laughs> the ground behind them rumbling like the sound of river rapids. This phenomenon was called running a train and was considered quite poor manners. Yeah, I bet it was! <laughs> oh. Like, if this is Kawahara, maybe I get it. But the thing is, this had to go through a localizer, right? This had and to go the localizer, through a localizer. The localizer has to know, has to know what running a train is, and that in our <laughs> in our cultural context, it is not this. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And so, oh. if if this is just a one to one, what Kawahara was saying, you got to change it. You have to. You, you, you have to. <laughs> you can't leave running a train in the book. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> now, right, you've got so one I, here, too. I, I got one because I, I thought it was funny. Um, so, <clears throat> she hung up without answering and tossed the phone back into her headboard. Then closed her eyes and stuffed her face into her pillow. She said the one magic spell word at her disposal in real life, and then headed back into the world of plots and conspiracies. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why did you pick this one? But no, it's because she says fuck. (laughs) She says fuck, yeah. She's like... Just... Face and pillow. (laughs) <laughs> and then she goes back. Oh. Yeah, that's great. I did catch it that. Is. I didn't think it was worth taking a screenshot of, but I'm glad you did and brought it up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, otherwise, we would have just moved on from Sukuha saying "fuck." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh. That's it for this week. Uh, what are we doing next week? Are we doing... Um, nothing. No, obviously. The, the next time we record. Ah, in two weeks. What are we doing yes. in two weeks? You were the one who Probably, was planning all that out. Let's let's do... Let's do anime and one-hit blunders. Okay. Oh, God, no! No! Yeah! No! We're gonna do Starland Vocal Band... The album Starland Vocal Band, best known for their first song on the album, Afternoon Delight. 
Notoriously one of the worst songs ever written. <laughs> the most sex, uh, sexless sex jam <coughs> ever it is. put to radio. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, and, and of course, anime, so uh, look forward to that, too. Um, you looking forward to anything over the next two weeks? Um, <coughs> I'm looking for an anime movie. That's, that's, a uh, it's exciting for me. Fuck, what am I looking forward to? You're not graduating quite yet. Nope. Has, uh, has the bulk of the, uh, winter storm passed y'all? You're, you're not gonna lose power. Oh yeah, it's supposed soon. to be warming up today. It goes up to like the fifties tomorrow, so we should be we should be Gucci come then. Gucci, meet me, Gucci fam. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just taking things day by day, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I've got nothing really coming up or anything, so. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks, a fortnight. We will see you in a fortnight. But not uh, in Fortnite. We don't play that not, shit. Not, not in Fortnite, but in a fortnight. I did play uh, Fortnite for, like, a little bit when I was unemployed for a month. Like I, I think I've played two or three matches four years ago five years ago oh so not the current time that you're unemployed got him hey no when it was bad that i was unemployed yeah oh gotcha gotcha yeah the bad times i might not have known you back then you might not have i probably did i don't know it would have been around the time that we met no, we would have known each other because I got it was when I got fired from Pizza Hut and we knew each other uh, when I worked at Pizza yeah, Hut. Yeah. 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 Hey, share this with someone who works at Pizza Hut or with Wants someone who was fired brother. from Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> share this with Ted Nugent. <laughs> no, he wants to fuck children. I know. <laughs> I'm saying also share this with Ted Nugent. I do not want Ted Nugent listening to our podcast. I, I want Ted Nugent to to listen to the podcast and realize that he's a piece of shit. He I won't, I don't think though. it'll happen. He doesn't think but... he's done anything wrong. You know, he goes on Alex Jones' show and rails against pedophiles <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, and it's rails... like, And it's like, dude, you've railed children. You are the pedophile. <laughs> yeah. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>